Hey guys, AJ here back again, bringing you another episode of the E1B2 podcast with two guests today, not just one, two. Yes, you guys are special. And so I decided to bring you guys two amazing women that I know for a fact you guys are going to learn from today. We discussed all things internal communications at a very strategic operational level. We discussed DE&I and we discussed what it really means to try to navigate the the tough waters around being a leader, but being a minority leader, right? Being a woman, being a being a person of color and trying to navigate the difficulties uh, of, of that function, of that reality and trying to figure out different ways to care about yourself, trying to figure out different ways to believe in yourself, trying to figure out different ways to navigate those treacherous, treacherous waters at times. And so a leader like me as a program that these two amazing, beautiful guests that are on the episode today have started. And I know for a fact, you guys are going to learn a lot about a leader like me, learn a lot about internal comms, learn a lot about DE&I and a bunch more around the employee experience space. So I am so grateful, so honored for you guys to listen to today's episode. I'm going to let them do the uh, do the do the justice and introduce themselves. So, again, thank you guys so much for every single download, every single subscription, every single listen. And again, I know for a fact you guys are going to enjoy this 45 minutes or so of these amazing two guests. Uh, Again, we're going to talk about all things internal comms diversity, equity, and inclusion. And then we're going to dive into what a leader like me is, the program, the service, the function, the reality, the value that these two amazing women are bringing to the table. And uh, that's about it. Enjoy. I really appreciate you guys doing this. Um, I know it's, uh, we at first, well, where do we first originally connect actually? I'm trying to actually remember. I know I know, I know, Priya, I reached out to you a few times and you ghosted me there. (laughs) (laughs) We discovered that, didn't we? Uh, Yes, I can't remember why I ghosted you. No, uh, no, no. uh, (laughs) Um, But I... I, Must have been a busy time. But I know, I think it was originally, um, we all finally connected on uh, the staff base event, right? Yes. I never ghosted you, AJ. Just want to throw that out there. No, you didn't. Um, so, uh, you know, I know a little bit about you guys, but obviously a lot of the guests don't, um, guest, uh, the, the audience, uh, they, they have no idea about what you guys do and how amazing you guys are. So if you can, please just give me some sort of a background and, and a little bit of context, and then, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get into what your guys project is right now that I know you guys are excited about. Great. Do you want me to start? Uh, so I'm Priya Bates. Uh, I am, uh, the president of Inner Strength Communication, and uh, that is based in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, I've been in internal communication and communication in general for 25 plus years for a long time. Uh, I've been very involved with IABC uh, in all those years as well, but the, the focus of my practice is to enable, engage, and empower employees to deliver results and manage change. So I work with a lot of corporations to, to help employees embrace the changes that are happening, and we know there's lots happening right now and then I'm also co-founder uh, recently of a leader like me with Advita Patel. Um, my name is Advita obviously I own an internal communications and employee experience consultancy in Manchester UK. Uh, I only launched my business actually in January so it was just before uh, COVID um, so I had no idea what was to come to be honest. 
So it's quite an interesting uh, time for me in, over the last six months. Um, so that's been quite interesting. Prior to that, I worked in-house uh, at various organisations like the uh, aviation sector, nuclear sector, the National Health Service as well. Um, and since then, I have also launched alongside Priya, a leader like me. Exactly. And so I know that's something you guys are really excited about. Um, and I appreciate those backgrounds. You guys are much more seasoned and, and experienced than, than I am. And I'm always excited to um, connect with people that I know for a fact I can learn a lot from. Um, before we jump into a leader like me, a couple of things that I do want to kind of talk about, you know, what would you guys say are, you know, three kind of macro and then if you can, let's go as micro as possible, kind of internal comms things that you guys are seeing right now, not only on the backs of what's happening in the world right now, but just at a macro level, which you guys feel small brands and big brands can really try to impact um, their organization with and try to put in place as it pertains to internal communications. I know that's kind of your guys kind of bread and butter. And I want to try to figure out what you guys are seeing right now, if there's anything new, if there are tried and true best practices that just people can kind of think about. Um, I haven't had too many guests onto the podcast recently that are that are kind of talking about internal communications. And as I've researched more and, and dive deeper into the space, I think um, I think there's a lot more to learn that a lot of people are not thinking about as it pertains to the the synergy between internal communications and employee experience. So, what are your guys just high level or ma- or, or micro kind of thoughts on that? Well. I think, you know, I've always maintained that internal communication is an integral enabler of organizational success. I don't think whenever something goes wrong in an organization and people ask why, often one of the top three reasons is we didn't communicate to Mm -hmm. our people. We didn't help them understand. We didn't help them respond. We didn't help them believe in the cause. You know, there's a lot of things, but then they don't know what that looks like. Um, In terms of work right now, there's a few themes that are coming up. Uh, one of them is uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and the work that the strategies that are coming up here in Canada uh, uh, to really drive true action. So it's not it's a little bit more now than just the hearsay. People are trying to decide how to embed. Uh, diversity, inclusion, uh, and equity into their processes and practices. And that's really exciting. So it's really about that behavior change that we're trying to drive through communication and strategy. Um, What I'm also seeing is that real focus on change. Um, so change at the macro and micro level, right? So, so because of the situation we're all in, everybody had their Vision 2020 plans that all went out the window in a lot of cases, and and now it's let, let's figure out what how what's the way forward in order to drive sustainability for our organizations, and those require a bunch of things. It's it's uh, um, restructuring, reorganization, divestitures because we need to stabilize. So we're going to hear a lot about that in the next little while. There is mergers and acquisitions that we're going to see happen as the year progresses and we get into next year for sure. Then we're seeing the investments, digital transformation, new processes, new ways of doing things so that we can become more efficient and we can connect to that now widely remote workforce (laughs) that we need to connect to when we're not sitting in the same buildings anymore. So there, there's a combination of divestitures, but there's also those investments that are being made, all of which require communication to manage the change successfully. 
And to add to Priya's point, one of the key things I've noticed uh, and I'm working with clients on is definitely new ways of working. I think with everything that's happened in the world of diversity and inclusion, a lot of businesses and organizations are recognizing that they can't continue working the way they were working or use the excuse that they don't have that diverse pool to pick from when it comes to recruitment because of the location that they're in or potentially the roles that they're appointing to. So a lot of the clients I'm working with have definitely looked at their equality, diversity and inclusion policy to see what is it that they need to do to change the perception that people have of their organization about not being accessible, but also in terms of what do people from a diverse background need to, to entice them to work for that particular organization. So that's been quite an interesting project actually because people have recognized that they can't continue the way they're continuing with having you know, a board that's just all white, middle-class males of a certain age. And they do need to bring in some other diverse um, people from various different cultural backgrounds. So that's been a very interesting kind of project that I've been involved in recently. Do you guys think this is... Do you guys think this is something that's going to last for a while? I know that you guys know this personally about me. I've I've had the perspective and 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 the and the I guess the foresight to, you know, see a lot of companies that are kind of doing a splash in the pan moment here as it pertains to diversity and inclusion. I'm I'm really happy to hear that there's a lot of companies that are really trying to change behaviors, really trying to get into the day-to-day practices from a leadership perspective and make things different. Um, what, what are you guys seeing? What are you guys thinking about, uh, let's call it 18 months from now, two years from now, five years from now? Um, are you, do you guys feel, and, and you know, something I'm actually even thinking about as I'm saying this, I probably need to stop, I probably need to stop thinking and hoping and wishing that it's coming from an internal place of like love and actually wanting to change and just being appreciative that the change is happening because my gut tells me, and I really want to get your guys' perspective on this. My gut tells me that a lot of companies are doing these things um, to try to PR themselves, but I probably need to even stop moving. I, I probably need to move beyond that issue that I'm having with that and just focus on the, the reality that no matter what the reason is, things are actually changing. Um, but do you guys see this being a trend that lasts forever or do you think this is something that uh, is a moment in time? And if so, um, why do you think that is a moment in time? I think it's de- it depends, AJ, to be honest. I've seen companies who have paid lip service to everything that's going on because they know that people are now demanding answers from them. So a lot of companies and organizations have done knee-jerk reactions to, we're going to do this and we're going to do this this way, but not really considered the why and the how. Um, and then when questioned or when they, you know, people have dug a bit deeper, they've panicked and re- um, retracted from what they said and, and ignored it and you've seen some of those reports in the press right those organizations who have said something but they're, they're not practicing what they're preaching so there is I mean we are definitely making progress I mean I've worked in the communications industry and PR for 15 years and I have to say this is the, one of the first years that I've actually seen some actual traction in people actually paying attention to what is being said because you know this isn't you you know we're all people of color you know we're, we're all got different ethnic backgrounds this isn't new for us we know that there's been a problem in organizations for many many years it's just that some people seem to have woken up right now and thought oh actually 
there is a problem and when I do look around I don't see anyone different from me it's just everyone looks like me so there is a handful of organizations who are definitely taking this seriously and have invested time have educated themselves have gone out and learned what what needs to change in their organization to make a, a significant difference but there are organizations and let's not kid ourselves that who are just you know plaster coating it or or putting a you know a, a fake kind of smile on to say that this is what we're doing but when you actually scratch beneath that surface they haven't done anything to change and until people start stepping up and standing out you know we talk about allies a lot it's like questioning people's motives and, and asking them like oh can i just check what you know you said this but we're not doing this because you can't always be down to the black and brown person you just can't you know we need our allies to stand up and ask those questions and those difficult questions that we asked in previously but then have been attacked or questioned because we're using the color of our skin as an advantage and i think a lot of people may have experienced that in in the past but we are definitely seeing a little bit of a change i mean it's going to take a while i hope it continues i mean the light is dimming you know slowly every day um but i do hope that we do have a lot of vo- more voices than we have had in the past to continue the the messaging and i think that there's a few things that i uh, i see is that uh that this movement has been more about self reflection whereas in past it's been generalizations and high lofty goals but it never was made personal before so the conversation that we're having about being anti-racist and and the conversation about systemic and unconscious bias is a very different conversation than than we need diversity and numbs um in certain levels and roles and and those are still important important um what i also uh think is there is a little bit of boldening of us um as as people of color who um who need to step up so whether we're you know in Canada we've got an initiative called the Black North initiative led by uh, a very prominent uh, black businessman here in Canada and he's actually created a process and system and and program that has has 300 key executives CEOs who've made a pledge for change that require real uh that is going to be measured over the next 3 to 5 years so they in order to go from being a moment as you mentioned Anthony to a movement we need third parties to hold organizations accountable um and keep the conversation alive and that's probably you know that in our in our way we think a leader like me also plays that role that's really really helpful and and I'm glad to see that there are organizations like the Black North and things of that nature that are that are actually trying to put some things in place and holding people accountable um before we move on to a leader like me because I really want to focus the majority of the time around that Uh I have a selfish question guys as I tend to always have a lot of questions cuz I'm always looking to learn. Um I I'm I'm building a brand right now called Beyond Beyond Brand Studios. Um and and I want to kind of get your guys unique perspectives on this because I feel like it's a synergy between employee experience and internal communications and and recruiting. Like it's it's this weird element in this word I guess mesh if you will. So, I'll give you the 25 second pitch of what it is and and then I have one direct question. I'm actually looking at 
um, the, the workflow that me, me and my other two partners are working on, um, trying to, uh, trying to figure out what we're doing here. So the, 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 the brand is very simple. You know, I believe that there's a lot of aspects that employees should know about a company leaders before they actually even go to their first interview or before they even start working at that company. I believe there's a lot, a lot of people look at this as employer branding, right? But my issue with employer branding is there's a lot of um, high level, perfect world, we are amazing content that's evergreen that is supposed to attract the right type of candidate. Um, a lot of this now is starting to have a lot of content around DE&I and a lot of brands are starting to be uh, a friend of the people of color and talking about the great and amazing things that they're doing around DE&I as well. And so we all know about these initiatives. Um, what I want to do with uh, with the Beyond Brand uh, concept is I want to dive deeper into the leadership personalities. I want to dive deeper into the business processes. I want to dive deeper into like the decision making processes and what's actually happening internally and push that information externally. And so what we're doing is we're interviewing. Let's call. Let's say someone's hiring a marketing assistant. We're interviewing the CMO as well as the CEO if we can get that person now. It's a little bit different, I'm sure, with you guys because I'm I'm more working with businesses that are 50 to 250 employees, so it's a little bit easier access. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to create a podcast episode where we can dive into very detailed questions around business processes, decision making, leadership styles, leadership flaws, uh, uh, you know, things that the organization has done internally where they've made mistakes. What have they learned from those mistakes? What processes and policies have they, have they done to improve? How's, how has it impacted the employees? You know, the good, bad, and indifferent. We want to put that into a very thoughtful, no-cush interview on a podcast, which would then be sent to that applicant before they go to that interview to use that as a launching pad to having more transparent and thoughtful conversation. Um, I believe it's so impactful for the employee and the brand of why that should happen. Um, I want to get your guys two cents on the not necessarily the validity of the idea, because if you guys think it's a horrible idea, I hope that you would not crush me right now. Um, but uh, more not the validity. I want to kind of get your guys two cents on the internal comms perspective of communicating what's happening internally to external candidates that are coming in and being comfortable with being vulnerable, being comfortable with being transparent about the good, bad, or indifferent. And before you guys answer, I'll give you guys one question that we're asking. You know, one question that we ask is, you know, what's the current decision-making structure? Is it based off of a collective opinion? Do you allow final decisions? You know, do you allow other people to have final decisions that maybe are not even the manager? You know, is it a single manager? Is it a collective team? How do you guys make decisions? How do you guys process and vet um, new ideas from an innovation perspective? I believe these are things that employees need to know pre prior to even interviewing for a company. And then obviously, once they get into the interview, they can have a little bit more of a deep conversation around the nuances of that. So again, it's a weird blend of internal communications and obviously employee experience and employer branding and recruiting. What do you guys think about a brand internally pushing out that type of information and being comfortable with that vulnerability and that transparency. The, I've always said the brand is who we are and how we deliver. Um, and then a big part of my uh, philosophy from an inner strength communication perspective is about building organizations from the inside out. And, and that always starts with the values. 
and and what we tend to see in organizations is a generic set of values that is non-differentiated from one company to the other and and then it's the actions that are questionable in terms of how things support but in an ideal world you know who you are you know the values then drive things like codes of conduct and and uh, how you promote yourself and and drive from the inside out and they drive it through decisions and actions and and that's what you'd like to see and and in companies that I've worked with and I've worked with large companies 160,000 plus employees right who have driven that throughout right to the front lines of their organizations through really great operations strategy leadership and communication so so i think that's important the one thing that would be interesting for me and while you're talking while you were talking about that anthony is there is especially when you think of cmos and 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 leadership i think there's the story they tell on the outside in a moment <laughs> you know when they're interviewed based on what are the right answers to the question versus what you see inside in terms of reality. Um, I have always endorsed, uh, you know, and, and that it's the stories that end up mattering. So if you're going after a podcast, I want to hear how they're going to answer that difficult situation story. Me too. Um, and we and we use that. Uh, so when, when we had launched a new flagship store, um, what was really exciting about that whole experience was we decided how that flagship store was going to be different, how the customer experience was going to be different and what kind of employees uh, and what kind of experiences we did we want them to have in order to drive that customer experience. And it was really neat to, to take a look at the values, drive them through the whole process from recruiting to orientation to training to, uh, to performance management to recognition. Right, all to having it all come in to that whole process and have that thought through in advance, and see then that experience come to life in those stores, and then they they the learnings from that continue to that store concept around across the country. That's exciting, but that takes time. That's again not a moment; it's a movement. Um, and so, so I'd be curious about what would you get, and would it actually be, and and the studies that you would do in terms of. Ref, having the employee who then decided to join the company say that podcast actually gave me the goods on what to expect and it was consistent. Yeah. What do you think, Abita? I mean, I think, you know, I completely agree with what, what you just said there, Priya, but I also think that in terms of, you said, you know, that there is definitely, and I fought for this for, for you know, for as long as I can remember working in internal comms, that there is a part that we play in internal comms and employee engagement with recruitment. Um, and it's always kind of, you know, caused me a level of kind of disgruntlement not being involved in the kind of recruitment job specifications. Because I do think that sometimes we can be a little bit too corporate with what we're asking for and it doesn't really re reflect on what the organization is like. So from what you're describing there, Anthony, about the podcast, I can't see any harm in doing what you're doing at all. I suppose the challenge that, as Priya kind of mentioned, is the vulnerability side of asking leaders to be vulnerable is, is a challenge, right? Yeah. And you can definitely um, put on an act, I think, sometimes to, to come across in a certain way, uh, especially when you are um, pre- um, Kind of setting yourself up for it, so, you know, it's not off, it's not off the cuff. You know, you, you've been interviewed for it. So it can be. The leaders are very, you know, most leaders, I should say, are, are quite charismatic. 
are quite charming in the way they may come across. And I think where the challenges face is when, um, that like Priya said, the internal doesn't reflect on the external, right? So outside, you look at an amazing organization and you think, wow, I'd love to work there. Look how amazing they are on Twitter and on LinkedIn and on social. And how many of us have got friends have worked in organizations that look really sexy on the outside, really innovative, really driven, then they go inside and it's like archaic and there's bureaucratic red tape everywhere and they've been missold. So I, you know, I, I think whatever you can do to try and get that leader to be vulnerable and be honest and be open and can't harm the, the, the kind of the tone and the brand of the, of the business. But I would say that it is a challenge and it has always been a challenge to get your leader to be vulnerable enough to be honest and authentic. Yeah, and that's where you know that's where we need them to kind of step up. Uh, the, the, the other thing that I'd also add is the conversation, even from a diversity inclusion lens, has been the, has created new language and and that whole idea of culture fit versus culture ad. And, and uh, you know, both Abita and I have been talking about the fact that the reason we have such homogeneous. Um, leadership teams is people ultimately hire people like them yep. who are exactly like them. So I think that even, I think uh, recruitment processes when they're done right are going to, are really going to turn themselves uh, upside down a little bit and say, who do we need to add? What kind of thinking and what kind of diverse perspectives and experiences do we need to add to the team in order to drive the innovation that we're talking about? Because the more we hire people who are exactly like us, even thinking like us it may actually hurt us in the long run versus help us yeah that that's really helpful guys it's uh me and my two partners are really trying to think about and be very strategic about the the question formatting so that there's very little wiggle room to bs this the answer which we know almost every leader is going to you know at a reaction, reactional level, we're going to want to kind of BS it and make it a little bit more fluffy, fluffy and, and, and more politically correct. But uh, the goal is to not let that happen, not in a bad way, but just, you know, let them know. And they'll, and they'll know beforehand, right? They'll know beforehand the questions and, and they'll know beforehand of what we're trying to do. So hopefully once they commit to actually doing that, they will be, uh, they will be open to being as transparent as possible because, um, it's only going to hurt the brand in the long run. And, 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 and so many leaders don't want to admit that truth. And you guys know this being an in internal communications. If you're communicating something that is not realistic to the internal environment, you're only going to have more, more turnover. You're going to have poor retention. You're going to have poor productivity. You're going to have people that are unhappy. It's just a reality. Um, but I think a lot of leaders are so frantic to either fill a role or to get things done and just to continue to move along the process that they forget about the inevitable pitfalls that they're walking into six months later um so absolutely uh so let's get into the uh the good stuff here give me god give me um you know I've, I've i've been working a lot with the fact that i'm starting a brand now i've been uh i've been really working on my 90 second tight pitch so uh i'll give you guys a chance now what's the 90 minute tight uh pitch maybe you guys can take uh you know you know, uh, a little bit of each. Maybe you guys can share the responsibility and then see how cohesive you guys are and kind of throw it to the other person. But give me that tight pitch of what a leader like me is and the value that executives um, will be will be will be getting from this. Uh, and I know based off of the conversations, predominantly women to start will be getting from this. 
Either one. So, um, <laughs> sorry. No, uh, you're fine. So fine. A leader like me is, uh, as Priya said earlier, is, is definitely something that we have been, we've spoken about for a long time, and it is aimed at the moment at women of colour who are uh, leaders currently or aspiring leaders who just need that additional bit of support and a community, and most important, importantly, a safe community where they can lean on each other and get the support they need to progress in their role. We said earlier that it can be a bit lonely, right? As, as somebody who is uh, a minority in a majority workforce, it can be, you know, you feel like you're, you're kind of on your own or you don't have the support network that you need or people don't really understand the challenges that you face being different from the majority. So a leader like me was established really to kind of give that support give that continuous um, safe environment for individuals to get together, like-minded individuals get together, share stories, share successes, get support from each other and be inspired so they can continue to step up and step out and have the confidence, most importantly, to, to, you know, to, to say to their leadership team or their leaders or their line managers like, you know, what, what, what about me? Where do I go next? Where's my promotional opportunity? And, and not fear about rocking the boat, you know, or how to deal with most microaggressions properly. And, and I'd probably say, too, that, uh, that what we're trying to drive is we're building skills in these women who, who have told us, uh, you know, quite openly that they haven't been selected for those high potential programs in their organization. A lot of them are investing in themselves. We'd like to see corporations invest in them moving forward. Um, we're also uh, you know, providing that support structure that Advita talks about, but it's in a safe space. And that's been kind of, we've heard this from our, our initial cohort of members uh, a lot, that they've got a safe space to provide their unique points of view and get the uh, feedback and, and support uh, from the group in general. And that's been really exciting for, uh, for us to, to help them build that confidence, help them build the, the uh, courage to have uh, conversations, and, and it's been a real empowering community, um, uh, which it was meant, always meant to be. And I think that's the key, it's that community element. You know, and, and I'm, I'm privileged that, you know, in my career, uh, through my professional membership, which is the Chartered Institute of Public Relations, I've had the privilege of having the community around me and giving me that additional support. Now, it hasn't always, we all know that PR and comms isn't known for its diversity. Um, so I really had to kind of like muscle in and find the right people who I know would support me in, in my career. For these women in particular, I hope and, and, and I know actually in a way, because we've had some really positive feedback, that the community element is, is something that is adding value to their progression. And I think a lot of people need that and, and probably don't recognize that in themselves, that the community is what will hopefully help you progress further. And now you guys, adding a, uh, a, a, a consulting element at some point that's a little bit more micro and a little bit more personal? What we probably will be adding and we're planning to add it to our next cohort is an option of personal coaching. So, uh, so yes, uh, that gets a little bit deeper into uh, somebody's specific challenges and issues and planning and provides that support along the way. Um, but it really, uh, it's a combination of those, uh, those opportunities and we will be uh, looking for more coaches um, in that program uh, to help coach uh, uh, individuals from around the world. 
And, and, and what are you seeing right now? I'm, I'm going to kind of give you guys the floor to start diving into some things that you're seeing as you guys have gone through this this first cohort here. What are you hearing? What are you seeing? What are you guys thinking? What uh, what what's interesting to you? What's what's disappointing to you as it pertains to what's happening inside of these organizations? Um, one thing that I know I talked to you guys before about when the pre-show conversation, uh, pre-podcast conversation was, you know, what's that moment where a leader says, you know what, nothing's going to change within my organization right now for my direct report, you know, and, and I kind of ask you guys, when do you give them the advice, the guidance, the support to move on and find that company from the beginning that's really going to give them the credibility, the respect, the guidance, the the love that they need? What, what are you guys just seeing in a macro and then maybe talk about that as well? I think that uh, what's been interesting, and I'll, I'll probably say the word, uh, what's been heartbreaking <laughs> a little bit, is some of the stories that our um, our uh, folks are uh, telling us in the, in those uh, safe spaces, and, and they're hauntingly similar. Um, so, women of color who are are seeing um, you know loss of opportunities or a lack of uh, attention at all or acknowledgement of their skills and their experience and their um, their contribution and and we're seeing that a lot we're seeing uh, a lot of fear of what happens if I do speak up even though I know that I've got the facts and I've got everything that I know I'm interpreting the situation correctly Um, and how do I get past that fear to step up because the opportunities uh, are going to be available but but they actually we need to develop a thick skin in these individuals and these leaders because they're all really smart 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 lead ladies intelligent ladies skilled ladies uh, um, who who really uh, you know are afraid that when they do get those opportunities, everybody else is going to look at them and say, you're the minority hire. The only reason you got this job was because of the current climate versus because you're the skilled, the best person to do the work. And, and so, so we're really trying to help them, you know, reflect on what they have to offer and what are the skills and build that confidence in their ability. And all of them are really, really amazing. Um, And then have them, be able to deal with those conversations and call people out as well, uh, you know, with their facts, uh, facts with them. And, and that's been uh, really exciting to see um, how those conversations are taking place in their workplaces to, uh, to really drive the change that they're looking for. And it's really giving them boosts. Yeah, it's about empowering. I mean, that's what I've seen, you know, seeing where they were at the start of the program to where they are today, there's definitely been um, a change in their their kind of their confidence. I would say most definitely, you know, they feel like they can do this, and the reason is that not only have they built their skills up, but they also recognise that they're not unique in that position, and there are other women who are going through a similar situation to them. So they've got each other to lean on and get that support from. And I do think that for some women, you know, it's a case of potentially not wanting to rock that boat and not wanting to cause too much of disruption. So they haven't really said anything. And it's about getting them to the level where they can speak fairly confidently to their line manager or to their leadership team about their progression and not looking like they're a nuisance. And obviously, there will be some women and some people who are you know, they recognize that their company isn't probably the place for them to grow their career. 
and it's having that confidence to leave uh, and look for another job or you know or find another job and, and be confident that they can get that role because I think that's sometimes what happens I think for and I've certainly been in this position is that you feel grateful right for being given that opportunity and you don't see many Asian women or black women in the roles that you may be in your organization so you kind of just assume that you're the lucky one you know, when I said that, it's a part of imposter syndrome, right? I'm lucky, you know, so I should just be really grateful. I should just keep my head down. I should just keep cracking on and putting in those extra hours and working late at night and working the weekends and, you know, giving everything I've got to this role because I don't see many people like me. So I must be the one that's just, you know, because of everything that I'm doing, I must be really lucky. And I think and let's, yeah. and let's acknowledge, sorry, and we, I was saying, Advita, carrying on from what you were saying, let's acknowledge the fact that these women... Um, are going to, who do, who first of all have invested in themselves and are going to take advantage of those opportunities, whether it's in their organizations or elsewhere, are still going to look around the table and not see other leaders like them. So that support structure, helping them through that, a, a sounding board, uh, people who are there to lift them up while they're dealing with that, uh, you know, imposter syndrome or, or the lack of feeling of belonging is really important in order to drive their success. Wouldn't you agree? Without a doubt. And I think, you know, as soon as you shift your behavior and if you become a more confident in the individual that you are, you will, you know, sadly, we'll see some shift in perception towards you, whether that's your family, your friends or your colleagues or the people that you work with, because all of a sudden you're not just going to take it lying down or you just, you know, you're not accepting what they're saying. So you will be more confident and you will want to go out there and, and get what you deserve. And there will be, and this has happened to me in the past, you know, there will be friends in your network that will find that a struggle because, you know, they, they will kind of say to you, why are you doing that? Why are you making a big song and dance about it? You know, just, you should just, just do what, you know, just keep your head down and just be grateful and you need to be home for the kids and you need to be home to cook the dinner and, you know, you'll get that kind of feedback from some people. And this is what we want to give these women encouragement, empowerment, and the drive to say that you do, you deserve whatever you want in life. And you've got to believe in that. And that's what a leader like me is here to do, I would say. Let me let me ask you guys a question. Um, this may be uh, a little bit outside the box, but I think you guys will have an interesting take on this. You know, you guys are kind of turning now into our researchers, if you will, right? You guys are collecting a lot of data around the bad things, the horrible things, the indifferent things that a lot of leaders are doing right now. You know, what, what are your guys' take on the story that you guys are hearing and what leaders are thinking, what leaders are executing against, what leaders are 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 are, are trying to, um, or better word, are not trying to do as it pertains to uh, DE&I or as it pertains to their promotion structures or as it pertains to making everyone feel inclusive or as it pertains to, um, you know, kind of, you know, impacting, supporting the leaders they have internally. Um, I'm just curious, what, what what are you seeing? What are two or three things that you're seeing that leaders are really, really, really missing the mark on, um, on the flip side, right? So you guys have been getting stories from these employees, from these leaders, what do you guys, what, what, what's your current perspective of these leaders now internally? Like, like, what are you guys seeing? What are you guys thinking? You know, once you guys get off of these calls, what's the first thing that comes to your mind as you are kind of replaying some of the stories you're hearing? You know, is the state of leadership right now at a macro level better, worse, 
than than you thought? What, what what's going through your mind when you have those conversations? I I think. Oh, sorry, Edvita, did you want to go? I oh, know. I was just going to say. You know, the one thing to to take uh, take on board, AJ, is that what we're hearing is not is not new at all. Right. So Priya, I know, has gone through this. I've gone through this. Some of the stories that these women are sharing with us is something that we both experienced at some point in our careers, or we know somebody who's experienced this at some point in our careers. What what the challenge right now is that the the torch is 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 shining quite brightly, you know, even though it's dimming day by day on people getting it right. Um, so some of the leaders are. Um, making the mistake i would say of uh, making assumptions about people so some of the you know making assumptions that because you've got children or you've just come back from mat leave and this is not only applicable to women of color but women in general you know when whether the workload is enough and, and not having those honest open conversations and making assumptions and i always kind of you know one of my one of my favorite sayings is assumptions makes an ass out of you and me and that's exactly what happens. And these leaders sadly are making assumptions about the individual without actually asking and having those honest, open conversations. So what we need to do is then drive that question ability and managing those difficult conversations back onto the the women who are facing this kind of um, blocker, I would say, to kind of ask the right questions. So the leader opens up to them. Because I do, you know, and hand on heart, I do truly believe that majority of leaders are not malicious. You know, they're not horrible people. They're not malicious. It's just that they've got a lot going on. They've made assumptions. They are scared to say the wrong thing, so they don't say anything, or that you know they're frightened of asking the right question. And I just think sometimes it, it's just you need to have that vulnerable, open conversation. And I think that's what I'm noticing that lots of these problems and issues that these women are bringing to us is all can be solved, in my view, through an open, honest, transparent conversation. That includes the facts, right, Advita? And that's what we're encouraging them to do, is to gather to gather the facts. Uh, so when they're being blamed for something, like not being as productive, being able to say, here's what I've worked on, this is, I've met all of my goals, why is it that you think I'm not productive? So give me an example of when I did this or or would this be would this conversation happen with a man would you if you if you substituted that uh would you use that same conversation those same words if i was if it was a man or a, a person who wasn't a person of color and and sometimes you know if there is in the right circumstances being a little bit bolder and calling out what you think is happening so that you can talk through it not in a in a uh um in a well-meaning way. So I think I'm, I'm with Advita as well. I've worked with a lot of incredible leaders and incredible executives uh, who really want to do good, but are very unaware. And as soon as they're aware, they, like I said, right now is this time of self-reflection that is so, um, so strong that you want to actually take advantage of that moment in for the best possible outcome. So, so one of the things we talk about with, uh, with the, the, uh, the group, uh, our members is really coming to, uh, to a conversation with best intent. And really understanding what do you want the outcome to be, so that it's not supposed to be a a, a a really combative conversation, but a conversation that is meant to to move us forward. 
um, versus move us back. So it's been interesting when you asked Anthony about when do you tell a uh, somebody on the team to go look for another job? We present a lot of different options before they decide to step out. And, and my unofficial kind of golden rule, and it's something I learned over the years moving from organization to organization, is that you don't run away from an organization, you run to an organization. And, and the minute you're running away, sometimes you're making the wrong decisions just to get away. Whereas if you really know what you want, if you know what your skills are, if you know what that next job looks like, in your ideal world, then you're looking for the right company and the right opportunity and the right leader and the right manager. And that's a very different, uh, I'd rather have people take their power back um, in terms of, of doing that versus trying to run away from a situation uh, and not be trying to solve it first. I think, uh, I think that's a beautiful place to potentially wrap this up here, guys. Um, I think, I think there's a lot of there's a lot to think about here. Like if we play this back, I think, you know, anyone listening to this, that, that, that is a woman, a woman of color or, and I know inevitably you guys are going to start working with, with leaders at a macro level as well. This is just the, the beginning of this. Um, I think there's a lot to listen to. Um, we, we covered a lot of topics, you know, for, for, for the next 45 seconds to a minute, if you guys can plug in as many things that you guys want uh, selfishly, uh, I genuinely um, am a fan of you guys and, and I appreciate you guys so much. So um, let us know uh, the website, any content you guys have. I know you guys have an upcoming event. Um, let me guys know, what, what, do you, what do you guys, um, what am I trying to say? What are the uh, areas that people should be checking out some of the content again, whether it's a podcast, whether it's of the event you guys have coming up, the website, uh, where can people find you? Sorry about that. I was trying to figure out what I was trying to say. No, no, no worries. I mean, people can find us on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, we've also got a website and it's uh, our leader like me. So um, not leader like me, but our leader like me dot com. Um, you can also email, email us, sorry, at info at leader like me dot com. Um, and DM us, you know, Priya and I are both on socials. You know, we're, we're easily, uh, you can find us quite easily. Um, you know, DM us, you know, we're doing an event on the, I'm not sure when this podcast is going out, but we're doing an event on the 9th of September um, where we're, we're going to share a little bit more about the program. We're also going to share a little bit around building confidence to give something away for those of us who join us. And then we've got two diversity conferences, which we're very excited about in October. One is on the 20th and one is on the 22nd. The one on the 20th is diversity in PR. So this is focusing specifically on PR and communication professionals. And the one on the 22nd is diversity at the top. So this is focusing on executives uh, who uh, work in a diverse role, but it's the, the, the sessions and the event is open to everybody who wants to learn more about how they can have a more inclusive culture in their organization. So if anyone's interested in that as well, then please do check out our website. Again, it's aleaderlikeme.com forward slash conferences. And absolutely, if you're a woman of color who uh, who wants that support network, uh, I think this is a good investment in yourself or to get your organization to invest in you. If you're an organization who's looking at, you know, uh, development programs for your your future leaders of color to to get through that pipeline conversation and debate, um, bring us bring them to us because we're really trying to lift them up, help them uh, develop skills and have the right conversations with their leaders. We're really seeing 
that's been really exciting that we don't have 30 women from six countries right now who who are all trying to leave their organizations what they're trying to do is be their best selves they're really self-reflecting on what they have to offer and what and what they have to give to their organization they want to work productively they want to contribute and they want to grow and and i think that's a that uh, organizations need that they want more diversity moving up through their organizations and the and that we've got a group of uh, you know uh, women who are ready uh, to 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 take advantage of those opportunities and not only take advantage of those opportunities but deliver better than you'd ever imagine like these are these are really um, you know smart uh, um, driven individuals who do great work that's the one thing that we've really realized well, so I, come join us. I appreciate this, guys. And uh, yes, please, I, I recommend the both of these individuals. I recommend the program. And uh, I'm excited to see what you guys can put together over the next few years here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.